Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Welcoming you to this episode of the show where tonight we're going to be talking about the Gorgie Keith film pick of the week, X, directed by Ty West. So we're going to be going back to 1979 by way of 2022, everybody. But before, as always, I'm joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Jackson Hole to the Bobby Wynn of this show, Gorgie Keith. Oh, yeah. What is going on, everybody? Who's ready to see my belly glow? (laughs) (laughs) Not that belly. Get them tummy sticks. Woo! (laughs) Welcome to Talking Terror. (laughs) Yes. And welcome, welcome, Ghoul, and thank you so much for the pick that we're going to be talking about later as we do our tummy stick impersonation. Yeah, we're, we're going to get a little raunchy, folks, so after the 10 o'clock hour, because there's just so much come, and there's only so much time you know, we like, to talk about it. So. It's like the kid in the movie Sky High, you know, remember his fucking power was that he, he can glow? And uh, that's like me, the, light, the lights go out, and like the only spot that glows is like my belly and around my belly button, and probably inside the belly button, too. No, that little no, so much. little specks, little specks on my face because that does happen every now and again, and that's yeah. always like fucking cringy. You're yeah. like, you're like, damn, I was that backed up. Fuck, you, you think that you dodged, but it's like dark, so you don't even know. You know, it's fucking splat. You're like, oh fuck, it's in my beard. Yeah, you just get, you came so hard that you lost like five pounds, and then you're like, you're so dehydrated, like you think you're gonna die. And then all of a sudden, you know, everybody's just screaming and running around going, what happened? Like, <laughs> I came. Oh, man. <laughs> I had a lot of reserves. To the window. <laughs> <laughs> to the wall. To the cum drip off my face. To cum drip off my balls. <laughs> they hey, listen, splashback happens. It's okay. It's happened to me before. It's like, oh, well, that's a little protein. I mean, it's coming from you, but it's not that bad. You know, it's just going right back to where it came from. Maybe. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah. I, I, as long as it's not in yeah. It's not in your eye or in your mouth. You're good. You know, I, actually, I don't like it when right. it hits the back of the phone because then I got to fucking clean that, especially if it gets, because I have like one of those otter boxes. So if it gets in the little like oh, the camera yeah. well, it's like, fuck, man, I got to clean the lens and shit. No, I mean, just do what I do. Just put a little plastic wrap around that when you're watching it because that way you can fucking shoot and then just take off the wrapper afterwards and then throw it in the trash. <laughs> No yeah, mind, no fucking mind. Okay? You, you think I think about it when I'm going to fucking jerk off, bro? I literally am I like, yo, you do. know what? My dick feels like being touched right now, so I'm going to watch a fucking video. I'm going to hope that nobody comes walking into the living room or the bedroom or anything like that. You know, if I got to go in the bathroom and drop trow and just fucking, you know, yank it until I fucking spew in the bathtub, you know, in the toilet bowl, I'll do that too. What happens, it happens. Uh, well, of course. Loads. I'm just thinking ahead. You know, I'm just thinking, I don't want to fuck up my phone. I don't want to get cum all over it. So I'll just put a little plastic wrap <laughs> over it. You know, I'll yank it a couple times. I'll have fun. And then I won't have to be on Dateline because my phone had to come on it when I went to work. And I'm like, what's that? Nothing. And the next thing you know, I'm unemployed. 
for a <laughs> little bit of cum. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's terrible. It's just but anyway, we have to continue with our introductions <laughs> because we are joined by the psychotic Simeon, Mad Monkey, the Prince of Mars Day. Yeah, let's get funky with it, Monkey. Yeah, okay, we're getting more funky with some golden girl on girl action, but you're going to find out what that means much later in the second half of this show. <laughs> you fuckers. <laughs> yeah, you know what time it is, Screamlings. So slide into something sexy and get ready for Talking Terror to be coming in your ears for the next two hours with all news, nerdgasms, and a horror movie review, the likes of which you have never heard before. So don't worry. If you don't catch us live, you can catch us on iTunes. You can catch us on Spotify. You know what? They really don't fucking matter just as long as you fucking catch us on the flip side and make sure to fucking stalk our sexy asses on facebook and instagram baby what's up first family what's up monkey is that a banana in your pocket you're just happy to see me sailor mm. she's got cold oh my there's coming in there i want to peel your banana sir oh you saucy mink you mm. I'm going to be a fucking sex symbol, bitch. At least we'll want to find out by the end of the movie. <laughs> and, of course, we are glad to be joined by the very opinionated, very astute, Demonic Dean himself, everybody. Welcome. Well, thank you for the, the warm welcome and the warm greetings for tonight's edition of the Talking Terror program. It's going to be warm. Uh, my day. <laughs> uh, like I said you. earlier, there was, a, there was a possibility of yeah, maybe not being able to be here to perform for our uh, loyal global audience, but my schedule opened in a way that that provided me the opportunity to be. Oh, Dean said he's performing tonight. Oh, next up on stage, the Dean. <laughs> Who's been a bad boy? Who's been a bad boy? <laughs> yeah, he's performing. But we are very happy to have you with us, Dean, as we talk about X-Later on the show, of course. Well, I'm so thrilled, so thrilled to be here. Thank you. Uh, but Thank before we get to that bit, and before we get to the Dean and what he's got to talk about, uh, Ghoul, Monkey, do you have anything you want to bring up to kind of just toss around before we get into the pocket of horror news? I would really like us. I, I don't know if the Dean has it on his schedule or not, but I, I'm just so excited to get into the boys. <laughs> Dean, do you want to do that? Uh, we can, but we have to we have to be uh, brief here because I at this point in time have only seen the first episode of the oh, ones that have been mind. released thus far. Then no, uh, no, no, no. My, then it, can, it, it can wait. It can wait. Then right, we, we will my, wait to talk about that until you have checked out TV, all. The, hey, hey. Yes. My TV watching uh, time uh, did allow me to to complete the whole. Uh, first portion of Stranger Things season four, uh, which if everyone has seen that, we can we can touch on. Uh, but I rolled immediately from uh, the final uh, initial season uh, or the initial episodes of season four uh, straight into The Boys uh, episode one. But uh, given the volume of work I have to do as my school year is winding down to the last couple of days. Uh, I just have not had time to get back to episodes two and three. Uh, it's most likely I will get into at least episode two after this program this evening. Okay, cool. Hey, you guys want to sit there and uh, ch- chat about what you guys co- uh, c- covered in Stranger Things then? Yeah. I would I mean, be happy. You know, what it, yeah. I mean, go ahead. What did you think about the, uh, the wrap-up towards episode seven? 
you know, how they handle things. Are you uh, excited for the next I, two? I am beyond excited for the next two. And uh, n- numerous times uh, on this very Talking Terror program, uh, you know, on this, uh, this, 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 this show that we do weekly, uh, over the course of COVID, uh, in the news portion of our program, I have talked many times about uh, the updates that have been shared about season four over uh, the, the lull in Stranger Things activity. Uh, I've talked many times about how this episode was this or this season uh, was going to be much larger in scope. Uh, I've talked very much about how uh, the Duffer brothers had the opportunity to fine tune uh, all of the scripts so they were ready to go when filming began and they were not trying to write on the fly. And I believe that all of that stuff has happened and has come true. Uh, I thought these first batch of episodes for season four were excellent. Uh, I think they did an excellent job with that brief video recap at the start of the first episode to kind of pull us back into the characters and Hawkins and everything else that's going on. And I find myself, I found myself completely consumed by the story uh, very quickly. And they absolutely have widened the scope. And I think that the Duffer Brothers did a wonderful job thus far in season four. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, the best yet since season one. So we're looking forward to... Uh, the next two, uh, in July 1st, they drop. So not that much longer to wait, but I'm really excited to, to see how they wrap things up. And yeah, very short wait. And we, mm-hmm. we've talked about how the final episode was going to be pushing two and a half hours. But is there word? Yeah. Is the, is the, the, the episode before that also going to be a, a longer than usual length? Because most of these episodes were clocking in at around an hour and 10 to an hour and 13 minutes. Uh, yeah, I heard that I it's an hour thirty to a, I think it's like an hour thirty to an hour forty-five for the first episode. Both, both are yeah. big episodes, so it's going to be uh, it's going to yeah. be quite quite something. Yep, two hours and nineteen minutes. That uh, episode uh, nine is going to clock in at. So, but with everything I've seen so far, I'm ready for it. I don't think you know what I'm up for. So I'm excited to see how they wrap it up and see who gets killed and see who lives and hopefully everybody makes it through okay. We get to see all of our, our Hawkins buddies, you know, fight the there, other day. There, we'll see. there you have it, folks. The King of Horror was not bored. Well, you know, season three, it was. I, I didn't have a great time during season three. It was okay. It wasn't great. This one, you know, it just it tapped into that side of high school for me with, with Eddie Munson. I think once they introduced that character, I knew I was in good hands because it just, again, he's a metal kid with a heart of gold, but everybody thinks he's Satanist. And man, does he, you know, Eddie kind of turn it around. Yeah, I mean, like I said last last week, you know, I, uh, I have to give him credit where credit's due. I really going into this season figured, you know, after season three, in which I wasn't thrilled, um, you know, I really felt with the big delay and all the time passing by that, that, that it was going to be difficult to, to get back into, into the spirit of Stranger Things. Or, you know, whereas I might find it, passingly entertaining i was never going to be you know in that hardcore fervor that i that i was with season one and uh no no they uh you know again best season for me since the first season i loved every minute of this season i thought it tapped into horror elements that uh i i think were were great uh i i liked the new characters they brought in and i liked the direction of everything so this is all uh Again, when they first set this up, 
you know, there, there was talk that, you know, they had enough stuff for five seasons. So if that's the truth, this is all building up to, to what ultimately was originally the idea of being the final season next season. So this, this mm-hmm. should all set the stage for that. Um, and then we'll see where they go from there. Yes, it is still stated that the fifth season uh, will be the final season of this main story of Stranger Things. Uh, that doesn't mean that there might not be any kind of spinoffs, but uh, the main story will conclude with season five. Yes, it will. And then uh, I think that's a good way to do it. Go out on top. You, know, you have your story. You know how long it's going to take you to tell it, and then you just go out. You don't do it where it's like, hey, you know what? Let's just throw fucking something else out there. People seem to dig us. I mean, we could be around for like 15 seasons. Who cares? No, you're overstaying your <laughs> Looking at you, Supernatural. My only complaint with this first half is Max soon died. You know, not, not you know, whatever. I uh, mean, yeah. you know, the, the, the show's yeah. two weeks now. That moment, that moment, there was so much tension. There was so much buildup going on right there that... It needed to go negative. Like I feel like the energy would it would have it would have made a statement in where mm. they were going and how dangerous everything really was. You know, like just 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 take out a main character like that. Give us that risk. It would have fucking. T- yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I shed like a tear when it turned out that she was okay. But that was because I was so built up in that moment thinking, Mm -hmm. holy fuck, they're going to actually kill her. They're going to kill her. It wasn't like it was a tear of relief. It was a tear of like, fuck, they didn't kill her, but fuck, they should have killed her. Like, damn, man. Like, I was really fucking jazzed for that shit to happen. See, I have a theory. Um, When you talk about uh, Max uh, should have been killed. Uh, I disagree, uh, especially mm-hmm. given everything she dealt with, uh, with the loss of Billy and, and, and how she handled all of that. Uh, I have a theory of a, of a character uh, that, is, that, that probably is going uh, to die, and I want to uh, keep that to myself. Of course, that, uh, you know, of course, that um, if it were to happen, I have no way to be like, see, this was my theory. Maybe I'll like seal it in an envelope and like timestamp, but I don't know. I'll figure something out. But I don't want to say <laughs> it. But do I have a theory about about a character. Just, right. uh, Just write it. Message it to us. Yeah. No, I don't want to say it. I don't want. I don't want to tell chat. anybody. I want to. I want it to my okay, own well, theory. Well, it's not that right. I'm trying to tell the so audience. That, I'm not trying to not tell the audience. It, 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 then just write it down, mail it to the ghoul, and then ghoul can keep it sealed until the season's over. Why don't you yeah, bother fucking saying anything, though? Ooh, ooh, I've got a theory about something, but I'm not going to share it with anybody. Yeah, because I do this have way, a theory, no matter, but I don't want to no share it. What happens, this way, no matter what happens in the series, this, this upcoming next two episodes, I'm going to be like, ooh, that's what I theorized. That's what I said. All right, so I, I am going to take the monkey's advice, and I'm going to write it in a letter, and I'm going to mail it to you this week, Ool, and then you can sit on it, and at the end of the season, you can open it and see what I said. I'm yeah, going to roll it up a fucking... I'm going to put a little fucking dickhead on the fucking tip of it and I'm going to insert it inside of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's dead. Yes, I'm romantic. Romantic. Oh, I'm putting the team's letter in the upside down. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. My I, own I, personal I, upside down. I think, you know, with Max, yeah, I, I can see both sides. 
with the ghoul and the dean uh, as far as her dying. I mean, I would have been okay if she had died, but I don't know. You know, I think she needed to just live for that one episode just so you have that ultimate moment of her running away uh, and having that Kate Bush song playing. You know, it's just an epic set piece. And I think you needed that just for that one moment where, you know, she escapes, but then you can kill her in the next episode. You know, Vecna could pull a Freddy Krueger in part three and just fucking stab her to death while she's sleeping. I mean, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it's, it's you know, it's fine. Die, bitch. You know, and, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm waiting for Will to tell Mike that he loves him and not in a friend way, because I think that's like what that was building up towards. You know, in that sense, because Will is like, oh, I, I made you something. And he's like, whatever, I'm going to go bang my girlfriend. He's like, oh, okay. Uh, I'll be in my room. <laughs> the picture of Mike, but fucking Will, you know? <laughs> you know there is. You know there is. And, and you know, and, and the whole Jonathan thing and, and uh, Nancy, it's just like, well, they're just going back to Steve and Nancy again in season one. Because now Steven's a redeemed character. And he's friendly and he's fun with kids. So it's like, yeah, Nancy's kind of seeing the light. And, and he's kind of pushing it that way. Meanwhile, Jonathan's running around the desert burying FBI agents going, no, oh, I just want to go back to Hawkins. Like, you'll get there, buddy. We'll get there. Take some time. You got Argyle? Just smoke up. So, we'll see about theories that we have, and especially with the one that the, uh, the dean has about the character he thinks is going to perish uh, by season nine. But uh, with that being said, if nobody has anything else, let's uh, give it to the dean for Hawkins. Oh, thank you, Kate. That's you, buddy. Thank you for Proud of you. offering me this oh, opportunity. <laughs> I want to kiss you on the thumb. So, the first thing <laughs> I will say is that it appears that the spider-based film Arachnophobia uh, has a remake yeah. on the way, hmm. uh, of course, hmm. involving uh, James Wan, who will be taking on a producer role along uh, with Christopher Landon. The two of them have worked together on uh, Malignant. Um, and uh, Christopher Landon also uh, was behind uh, Happy Death Day. He was the director of Happy Death Day. Uh, it's going to be executive mm-hmm. produced by the director of the original film, Frank Marshall, who is also the founder of Amblin uh, Entertainment. Uh, there's no word on when this might get into production or be released, but it is in the works. Um, I personally, I mean, we don't need to talk about my own opinion about remakes right now, but I absolutely adore with my whole heart uh, the original Arachnophobia. Um, so much I fun. think from mm-hmm. its time period, uh, it was just a, a, an excellent, entertaining, uh, fun, creepy uh, creature feature at a time when there wasn't many films of that ilk uh, with great performances from uh, Jeff Daniels and John Goodman and others. And um, I also feel that it is an excellent entry point. In fact, around the Halloween season, when students of mine are like, Oh, we should watch something creepy for Halloween. Like arachnophobia is, is one of the choices. Uh, It's usually either arachnophobia uh, or the original gremlins. Um, so I love it, and uh, I'd, I'd be curious to see what, what an updated take uh, would look like, but I find, uh, and, and I, I can't say this is a fact, but I would guess that I might have seen arachnophobia uh, more recently than, than the three of you, and I oh, feel yeah, that, it, that, it, that it holds up so completely well 
uh, that it doesn't feel like super dated um, at all, um, except for the need of use of like regular landline telephones here and there. Um, yeah. It doesn't feel dated. It's still uh, it's still entertaining and effective. It it appears it comes off as timeless. You know, it doesn't really scream mm-hmm. that it's from a particular era in time. Uh, so I would I would be curious to see what an update. But that's what's going on in the world in the spider world of arachnophobia. Kind of well, I don't understand why they're doing seen. it. Yeah. I haven't oh, really? seen that okay. movie since the 90s. You know, and it's... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same here. I, I, had, I had high hopes for that movie, and I was kind of let down by it. I almost wonder if I was to watch it now, if I would actually appreciate it more. Um, but it's one that I can't watch in this household with, uh, with the ghoul girl or the little monster, because they're both, like, terribly afraid of spiders. Um, but so am I, and that's so, what makes it so much fun. And so is the king. <laughs> yeah, they can't yeah, even yeah. see them on tele. They can't even see them on television. You know what I mean? Like that kind oh, of shit. Um, yeah, yeah. No, so it's. Uh, yeah, but it might be something fun to to check out. Oh, maybe it'll be a future pick. Who knows? Yeah, it could be. I just I don't know. But to resound like what the the dean said, I just don't understand why they're doing an arachnophobia remake. Because I mean, yes, it was 1990s. You know, and you could probably update some of the effects and things like that. But just make a spider movie. Yeah, like, I don't understand why you have to remake classic. a remake. Yeah, but again, just make a spider movie. Like, why does that be a remake of Arachnophobia? Why don't I just make another spider movie? I mean, I'd be fine with that. You know, just make another they movie did. that's based on Bitsy. Yep. Sell that. It wasn't bad. But again, why are we remaking Arachnophobia? Why <laughs> just make a Why are we remaking movie? everything? Like, you ask that question, like, they don't remake every single thing that has any kind of name recognition of all. I feel like the time has passed to ask that question. Like, they remake no. everything now. <laughs> what about, just, you know, why don't they yeah. just do the whole, like, later sequel with the same name type of deal? You know what I mean? Like, let it just yeah. do something that yeah. exists in the same universe and just go that route with it. Like, I find those, I appreciate those more than the, the obvious you know, typical shot-for-shot shot remake. You know, I'll, I'll take mm-hmm. a spiritual sequel over a remake any day, so... Yeah. Yeah, spiritual is always the way to go for me. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I call it, like, too arachnophobia, too fast, or something like that. Just have them racing cars. That pays to do that. Mm. Yes. You know, spiders racing cars around Mexico, and they're all about family, and that's because they keep spawning family. more. And yeah, I mean, it could... It could be like a car full of spiders. Everybody's just terrified. <laughs> and one of them has a cool chain with a wrench socket on it. There's a cross. Mm. That's all about family. So, yeah, <laughs> do that movie. I would rather see that movie. But, hey, you know, Rectophobia 1990, it's been a while. I've seen it as well. But maybe this one will work. But anyway, Dean, what's next? What are you talking about? I'm going to tell you what's next, King. What's next in the world of sequels and remakes is that there is going to be a unofficial remake to Halloween 3 Season of the Witch uh, that is going to be called The Third Channel. Uh, The Halloween sequel you didn't know that you needed. Uh, This is an independent horror project uh, based on Halloween 3. Uh, it's being written and directed by Michelle Lynn Blasky. Um, and this, again, is an unofficial sequel feature film. Uh, the premise is that uh, Jessica Kelly, age 24, uh, who has 
graduated with a degree in engineering but is working in a dead-end uh, job when a mysterious, uh, charming stranger shows up telling her about an odd inheritance, uh, which causes her to start examining her family history, uh, which is somehow tied uh, to Silver Shamrock novelties. Uh, hmm. Michelle Lynn Blasky says that, one, uh, they are filming uh, on location in the same location of Loletta, California, that the original film was shot, and is, she is also planning to keep the same cinematic techniques and filming styles uh, to, to have a similar feel uh, as to Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. So uh, that is the third channel uh, by Michelle Lynn Blasky. Tom Atkins? Tom Atkins? <laughs> he's going to be involved. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be banging that girl that discovers the family secret, the 24-year-old. He's going to go to the bar, and he's going to no you know, light up a cigar. And he's That's my time. Mm. Well, you, you know, we got to stay tuned for that, because you know there's going to be a fuck scene between Tom Atkins and the lead actress. Since his contract, <laughs> Tom he doesn't know why he's in the contract, but it is. <laughs> hey, listen, honey, I was in the original Halloween 3, so you're going to have to give it up to Tom. She's like, oh, Tom. He's like, got it every time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> respect the stash so we'll see you know and even that's the weird thing about a lot of those uh fan movies fan remakes whatever you want to call them sometimes they're better than the original source material i've seen a few fan uh remakes that i'm like you know what this is actually fucking good like why, why couldn't we get a sequel like, like this? what please tell us one king oh uh, there's a couple of them on halloween uh, halloween he came home there's a short film about the texas chainsaw massacre all about Sally and in the final moments in the basement with Leatherface, where there's an incredible chase sequence at the end of that that I'm a really big fan of. Uh, there's another one where they did a prequel, the Candyman, a couple of years ago, which is actually pretty intense with the way that they filmed it with the mirrors. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're out there, and they exist on YouTube and other uh, free platforms because they're fan films, Sleep away so they're camp. not really going to make a lot of money out Sleep away camp. Oh, I would love to see you. Yeah. I would love that. I would love a, a, a fan film with Sleep away camp where she just has a big well, old there, dong, but this time it's like twice the size. Well, there was, wasn't there? Was Didn't it? they do Sleepaway Camp for the Survivor? Isn't that like a archive fan film? Like, it was never even, like, really made. It was just released with, like, that uh, that Sleepaway Camp box set that you can get. The first aid box set, yeah. Oh, yep. no, that was going to be an actual film, but they uh, they just ran out of money. So they're just like, fuck it. <laughs> they couldn't complete it. They ran out of money, so it just became a, a, a clip show. Of all the Sleepaway Camp movies, and then just one girl laying on a dock talking about Angela Baker and the legend of the Sleepaway Camp. It's, it's pretty fun. I mean, it's not good, but it's like one of those uh, so bad it's good kind of things where it's like you can't believe somebody tried to make this into a feature. Like, there's just <laughs> nothing there. One actress, one guy <laughs> playing the cop, and then footage from all the movies, one through three. But then they made Return to Sleepaway Camp, which is fucking nominally worse. So I'd rather watch Survivor Somehow. than ever have to watch Return to Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> Return to Sleepaway Camp was just, wow. I can't believe that that actually what? got released and was actually sold. <laughs> with, the, with that fake mustache? <laughs> no, that was part one. I mean, that was, that was just fun. I mean, that, that fake mustache on the cop. Now, this one is clearly Felissa Rose playing the part of Angela Baker, killing people. But she's dressed up like a cop that has a voice box. And she keeps talking to people. And they're like, who is that? And it's like, clearly... It's it's the Rose that trying to pretend. That didn't fool you. That totally fucking fooled me, man. 
Oh man, I, I, oh, I'm so shocked. I mean, I mean, who could believe the fat kid that's been bullied the entire time to the point where he could possibly be the killer? No, maybe. No, no, he's not though, because <laughs> he does nothing and then just laughs every now and then. And at the end, when his friend gets skinned alive, he's like, "That's the craziest thing I've seen all day." Really? That's the craziest thing you've seen all day is your friend getting skinned alive and being left behind? And then Angela shows up and laughs with a knife in her hand? Like, there's just no reveal. She's just like, I'm here now. And it's like, great. We knew from the beginning of the movie. But that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know, I don't know. It's just just that one. I just, that Sleepaway Camp, the first one, I just, I stick with that. And then the other ones, I'm like, eh. If I'm looking for a laugh, I'll put them on. Because Pamela Springsteen isn't bad, you know, especially in part two with the I'm a happy camper song and killing people because they don't want to fucking be at camp anymore. And, like, that's their whole impetus for killing people is because they just want to go the fuck home. <laughs> I mean, crazy, sometimes I want to get home so bad that I want to kill people. Yeah, me too. But you know what? We don't because I just don't like jail. <laughs> I mean, I like the aesthetic of jail, but I just wouldn't like being there for more than a couple of days. Because any more than, like, a weekend, I'm kind of just getting tired of the whole thing. So that's why I avoid murder and things that can land me there. I mean, I might make friends along the way, but I'm just saying I wouldn't enjoy it for the long term. <laughs> you know, and maybe if I get out, we could be, we could say pen pals or something. I don't know. Just the, it's, yeah. I mean, the sleeping is just the highlight of it. I mean, it's just the enough but sleep all day. That's yeah, perfect. And then it's the whole. They should have given us thing. a twist for return to sleepaway camp, and had it been like Artie's kid or something like that. You know what I mean? Been like, oh, oh you know, yeah. all them baldies. Oh, you know, they killed. They killed my dad. Yeah, the the fat kid that they were trying to be the red herring. He should have just been the killer the entire time, and he had a vagina instead of a penis. That was the bigger reel. So instead <laughs> of a cock, he's got a pussy. Then he pulls down his pants, and he's like, "I was born a girl," and it's like, "Oh shit, okay, all right." You know what? Good, because the first one had a penis, and this one has a vagina. Like, not bad. Yeah. Not bad, sleepaway camp writers. You managed to hook me in <laughs> the could, end. But. They could go hardcore, man, and they could totally have a scene in which he cuts off a prosthetic dick and gives himself a yep. fucking baldy, you know what I mean? We can go fucking real wank oh, yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like cutting off like uh, you know, uh, one of the guy's dicks and just fucking himself with it. That could be the ending of the movie just walking into a cabin and he's laying on a bed with a cut off penis and he's just fucking railing that pussy. And he's like, see what I do to myself? Do you see what I do to myself? And it's like, oh my God. And then credits. And that's, that's the end of the movie. Like, I would have fucking, like, I would have it and I would have got Dean had a theory. <laughs> Look at the envelope. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, Dean, what's next? What are you talking about? While we're on the subjects of remakes and sequels, uh, I might as well oh. continue to talk about such things and bring you news that the recent Firestarter remake, which uh, was yeah. available on Peacock as well as theatrically, uh, is coming mm-hmm. to both uh, digital and DVD in the very near future, but it is coming to both formats with an alternate ending. Uh, the digital version will be showing up in just a few days on June 12th, and the DVD version will be hitting the shelves uh, where you shop for such things on June 28th. And at this time, the Firestarter remake only uh, has pulled in a worldwide gross 
of a tiny $2. bit over $13 million. Um, wow. Wow, it made I that much? The ghoul, yeah, I believe <laughs> yeah, the ghoul has seen this film. Uh, I have not. Um, yeah, but, I, not. again, my, my, my school year ends on, on Wednesday uh, uh, of next week, and, you know, my, my plan uh, with my time off is to, like, I have, a, have things uh, that I know I have a list a mile long of things that I want to watch that never do, but uh, there are things that I definitely plan to watch with my time, and the Firestarter remake is one of them. So uh, a, a, a very poor uh, financial uh, windfall. Uh, I don't know what the budget was, but uh, there will be an alternate ending presented digitally and on DVD uh, on July 12th <laughs> and July 28th, respectfully. <laughs> There you go. So now you have a chance to watch it. That's good. You know, and you have to let us know what you think. But so, yeah, 13 million. Guarantee that's not what they were thinking they were going to bring in. But then again, they also didn't really deliver a lot of what they said they were going to do. I mean, they also released it on Peacock, which has, you know, I mean, again, due to to the WWE, I would think has at least a decently sized fucking user base, you know, if not a a large Mm -hmm. one. But, you know, considering all those those people who were subscribed to the WWE Network, um, you know, I would assume that they all just did what we did and just, you know, swoop, just switch on over to this, and here we go. Oh, yeah. But it's got the alternate ending on the physical media disc, so the ending is where you find out that Charlie has a penis. And that's how the movie ends. And cuts it off. So it brings <laughs> it all back to Sleepaway Camp. It's like, oh shit, Charlie has a dick, and she's like, ah, fire, and then lights her dick on fire and shoots it off like a rocket. It was a fucking a remake of Firestarter, and it actually is a remake of Sleepaway Camp. Look at that. See, that's genius. There you go. That's See, like I like to think I have some good ideas every now and then. And if that's not the alternate ending, I'm writing to Peacock and saying I just want my free time back. I just want my free time that I spent watching that movie for free. I just remembered what the ending was to the movie. Um, so I'm hoping somebody will slide that uh, alternative ending onto like uh, YouTube or something. Oh, I'm sure. So I'm not paying for that movie <laughs> just to happen. see a different ending. Oh, come on! You don't want to pay for that. <laughs> the king will, honest, he, he's watching, a completionist. I'm not watching that movie again for an alternative ending. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, I never want to watch it again. I have the original. I'll just watch the original. <laughs> I'm never feeling like I want to watch a, a Firestarter movie. Um, but yeah, so I mean, if you're into that stuff, there you go. You, know, you get the alternate ending, you get a physical instead of just watching for free on Pika. But all right, Dean, what's next? What are you talking about? Charles Band, mm-hmm. the creator mm-hmm. of Full Moon uh, Films, which has brought Yay. us uh, such joy uh, <laughs> with the so Ginger Dead Man and Ooga Booga and uh, Evil <laughs> and all of that nonsense uh, has launched uh, his very own podcast, Full Moon Freak Show. Uh, initial guests, uh, initial guest interviews include John Carpenter, uh, Bill Mosley, uh, Oscar-winning writer John Logan, and much more. And uh, this Full Moon Freak Show podcast will be available uh, in the traditional audio format wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, but there will also be a video version uh, available through the Full Moon, Full Moon website and streaming service. So, 
if you are a fan of Charles Band and want to watch uh, his podcast, you will have the opportunity. But if you would prefer just to listen as you are driving your car or doing your chores, uh, you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. When you're not listening to Talking Terror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On the off chance you're not listening to the audience. Yeah, Charles Band is very missed. And, uh, you know, I know he has, he has some name gravity uh, that we don't have, given that he has executive produced over 350 films. Uh, he, mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that he will be successful as a podcaster. We are much more seasoned and much more experienced. Uh, so please keep that in mind uh, if you are deciding what to listen to. Uh, sure, we understand if you want to check his podcast out, but let's not forget where your bread gets buttered, loyal audience. Oh, I want to butter your yeah. bread. <laughs> yeah. What were you going to say, Monkey? Oh, no, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, I can't believe that, that I still can't get over the fact that they actually have a full moon streaming service. It's like, shit, man. Dude, <laughs> what makes you think your shit is <laughs> worth enough to have its own <laughs> streaming service? Damn. And they have their fans. <clears throat> I agree. I, I, like I, I, I hear what you're saying, Monkey, but... You know, we can sit here and debate the quality of what they put out all day and the and the, and the <laughs> topics that they explore in their films, but uh, they do have a legitimately serious, loyal audience. So, uh, they do. you know, they wouldn't be able to keep churning out this stuff uh, if, if, if they didn't have any money coming back in. So they're doing something right over there, no matter how silly uh, the material well, is. Well, yeah, I mean... I mean, here's the thing. They, they own the rights to their movies. Um... You know, that, that ultimately is what it is. And when you have such a, a large catalog, regardless of the quality of said films, you know, your, your options at this point in today's current climate is to either sell off your stuff and accept whatever payment a company or service like Netflix or Peacock or HBO, you know, whatever they're going to offer you, or you take the risk of saying, hey, I'm going to build my own framework and I'm going to put it out there for however much money and see what happens, you know, and at least everything that comes back is coming back just to you. Um, it's, uh, I'll give them the credit of, of, of giving it a shot, you know. I'll look, I'm not obviously going to fucking go on the full moon thing and, and subscribe to their service no more than I'm going to go on to fucking Troma's and sign on to their service. I've already got a billion fucking streaming services, and a lot of fucking Charles Band stuff is on Tubi. So, you know, I'll, yeah. uh, I'll, just, I'll just go that route with it or find it for like $2 on eBay, you know, in DVD form, if really I'm that desperate, which the only way that happens is if we need to cover something for the show that somehow is unable to be found digitally. Uh, but, but, yeah, again, I'll give them the credit for giving it a shot, at least. I, I hope that they're finding success, you know, maybe they'll make enough money to, to, to maybe put out some better quality films. No, I wouldn't hold your breath on that one. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could never see that happening, but who knows? Maybe one day. I mean, they're already up to eight like to get uh, back- evil Bond movies. I just want to get back to, like, Puppet Master fucking quality. You know what I mean? I'm not looking for them to put out the notebook. You know, or, or, or fucking the, the, the pianist or whatever the fucking, you know, some Oscar-winning movie. I would just like something that at least <laughs> is uh, not completely being made 
as satire. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the majority of those movies are kind of just poking the fact, they're poking fun at the fact that they're even making a movie to begin with. And it's like, just make a fucking movie, you know? It doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be made under the guise of, oh, we're making a movie, and well, well, since we're not making a good movie, we're going to just make the worst possible fucking movie we can make, and everybody's going to get stoned and like it. Yeah, that, that, that's what I find frustrating about their films as well. It's like, take yourself a little bit seriously. And, you know, you can go out there and actually make yourself a couple good horror movies, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, they know what their audience likes. They like low-budget, you know, just gore. And, like, the Puppet Master of Littlest Reich, I thought it was great. I thought that was actually a really fun movie that kept I, me entertained. Right? I, I agree, and that harkened back to those original Puppet Master movies. It tried to yeah. take itself... Yep seriously as a film you know it wasn't mm-hmm. like wink wink at the camera every five minutes uh, uh, uh. see he's stoned and getting killed ah <laughs> that's true and i do appreciate the fact that you brought up 2002's the penis with uh, adrian brody as like oscar penis <laughs> uh, yeah that's true it was up for some oscars you know back then but i was like oh that fucking movie drag should have brought mm-hmm. up the reader, Kate Winslet. <laughs> you know? um, but yeah, no, I, I don't think you're ever going to see that kind of quality out of, of uh, you know, Charles Band's territory or or Lloyd's because I think both Troma and Full Moon know that yeah, you just you want to watch it just to get high or get drunk and watch it and laugh and have fun. So it's, that's what they're going to do, and it, and it works for them. So like the girl said, yeah, great, good job, keep it going. You know, give me more, you know, uh, baby oopsie movies and and. Uh, Evil Bong and, and whatever else you have, but uh, let's see how the podcast does. Because, like Dave said, you're, you're talking to the, the long-time people doing this podcast for a number of years. Have hey, us listen, on, Charles. You know what? Have us on your podcast. Look, let's let's be real here, and I'm not insulting the audience in any way, but there were people tuning in to listen to our stupid asses. So you know, we, we yeah, thank know. you and we love you for that. <laughs> you know, it's fucking great. Thank you, mom. <laughs> The checks in the mail, guys. Okay, thank you. I told you all I'll give you all ten dollars if you listen to one of our episodes and you guys showed up. So checks are in the mail. Just don't cash them until Monday, please. <laughs> Gotta move some stuff around. <laughs> okay, Dean, what's next? And we lose the Dean. Okay. Disappeared for a second. Nope. Well, in that case. Sorry. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, yes. gentlemen, that are listening. The recent Ghostbusters Afterlife, Both of which, them. <laughs> you know, wasn't the best film ever. Uh, but Jason Reitman is going to be executive producing a new animated Ghostbusters series for Netflix. Uh, there is no word yet on uh, if this animated series is going to feature. Uh, legacy characters were going to be entirely a, a story on its own with new characters or the characters introduced in the afterlife. But uh, there will be an animated Ghostbusters series for Netflix. No word on uh, production or release dates at this time. No. You didn't like it, but I did. So. I agree to disagree about Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> I just hope they give this thing better animation style than the damn upcoming Gremlins cartoon because that thing looks bloody horrible. Oh man, that thing! Oh, it does. God, yeah. that thing looks like shit. Very, very amateurish quality. 
for that animation for sure. But, but anything Ghostbusters related, I'm all for. So I'd like to see what they come up with, and especially if on, on Netflix animated. Maybe it's not directed towards kids. Maybe it is. I kind of hope it's both. You know, we could balance it where it's it's for kids, but really it's for adults. Kind of like uh, Chippendales, uh, Rescue Rangers, where it's like, yeah, oh. it's for kids, but also adults. Come on, guys. Or, or, or Kevin's or Kevin Smith's He-Man cartoon, which I started That's true. The, the, the next uh-huh. season of. I, I finally started that. <laughs> you finally oh, you did, did it. Did you? All right. Yeah, I yeah, I haven't yet. Yeah, I, I, you know. <laughs> I, I I found it. Yep, got it, and started watching it this past weekend. <laughs> oh, that's, and then I just saw Kevin Smith today announce that he's making the third season, Revolution. I was like, "Fuck, Kevin! I haven't even gotten to season two yet." Like, let me do that first. I'll get back. To you. <laughs> well, I'm done. Season talk about two wasn't it just the second half of the first season or whatever it is? Oh, you're yeah. I think you're right. I think it is the second half of the first. So this will be the second season of Revolution. So. But either way, yeah, he's coming in the next uh, next of it, so let's stay tuned for that. I, again, yes, I have to make time and watch uh, season two, uh, the second half of season one. 1.5. Uh, yeah, because I just get so fucking distracted by other things. Like, I'm going back and rewatching Reaper, you know, a show that aired in, like, fucking 2000. And I'm like, oh, this is great. This is my comfort zone right here. Like, I, other oh, man, that was a good show. That, that, man, yeah. that was just such a good show to just sit down, chill out, Don't and just relax you. <laughs> no, that show was was for us, but no, no, it's a yeah fun show. Ray Wise is a devil. I mean, I was all for awesome, it, so. awesome, yeah, yeah awesome scene. <laughs> Perfect casting, but yes. Uh, so that is what's coming up on, and it's appropriate that you did that, uh, Dean, because it is Ghostbusters Day today. I don't know if you remember that, June eighth, nineteen eighty four, Ghostbusters Theaters. So it is Ghostbusters yes. Day. Thank you very much. I'll post it on my Facebook because I've been a lifelong Ghostbusters fan. So, well, except that 2016 movie. So, plus that's how answer the call better. But uh, you know, uh, Ghostbusters, um, Ghostbusters yeah. 2, Afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right, Dean. What do you got next? What are you talking about? Continuing on, big rumor. Uh, mm. Apparently, Mark Burns, who plays uh, Leatherface in the recent. Texas Chainsaw Massacre film for Netflix, and one of the producers of that film were appearing at the Monster Palooza uh, convention. And apparently, they told fans there that Netflix has ordered two sequels uh, to their Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> film. Uh, that is just oh, a, no. a rumor at this point, with with nothing <laughs> confirmed. Uh, but they they uh. told fans that Netflix has ordered two sequels. And again, just a rumor at this point. Just yeah, just let it lie. <laughs> I see that face staying as a rumor for quite some time, because I did see that, and I tried to look up anything about it, and just nothing came up. So it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, guys, Netflix totally got us two more. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, that's maybe, maybe, but uh, I, I just after that two, that one that just came out this year, I don't see two more. No. no. No, sir. No, sir. Sit down, sir. I mean, it was pretty, it was, it was, we, we know that Netflix uh, does not, uh, unless, unless the numbers to report them are beyond beneficial to them, uh, you yeah. know, Netflix is, is keeps, keeps the numbers under a cloud of secrecy. Uh, but apparently, like, it was a successful film uh, for them. We can sit here and argue the fucking merits and the quality of it all day long. Uh, but if business was good, 
Like, it would only make sense for them to, to continue down that path, uh, especially if these are films that they can make on the lower ends of the budget scale, uh, as opposed to, like, the bigger uh, properties that they spend money on. Uh, you know, if it's something that's popular, and you got to remember, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre for certain is something with big-time name cachet uh, that did have mm-hmm. a, a little bit of um, life pumped into it, uh, you know, through the Netflix film uh, that might have grown interest in the original film from an audience that was discovering it through this Netflix film. And, uh, you know, if, like if this, yeah, if this, this is good, then, uh, you know, why would they not continue uh, down that path. Yeah, I'm I, not I, I suppose. That. Yeah, no, no, no. I didn't say that you were breaking this news, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I, I haven't really encountered anybody that's liked it. I mean, I'm not doubting that there's people out there that like that movie that just came out this year. I mean, I'm sure that they're out there. But I just think it's a case of if this is true and they are going to be giving them two more sequels, Netflix just has that kind of fucking money where they're just like, you know what? Yeah, why don't you just do two more? You know, keep it low budget, you know, keep it close to the chest. There you go. I, I don't know if we're going to say entirely that Netflix has that kind of money. I mean, they, they did just, you know, recently announce that they, they've had a lot of uh, a lot of subscribers bail. Now, obviously, the Stranger Things popularity, sure. you know, you're going to hope is, is going to bring people back. Um, and and Cobra you know, Kai. I, I think Cobra Kai would have already brought back whoever they were bringing back. You know, Stranger Things I feel like has a lot more, uh, a lot more pull as far as uh, users, you know, a, a draw as far as people come. You know, um, yeah, I think it's a uh, again, it's 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 not easy in the streaming world right now. You know, and it's yeah. people are getting to a point where they are starting to. To say like, hey, what the fuck? I, you know, I have HBO, I have Netflix, I have Amazon Prime, I have fucking Peacock, I have Paramount Plus, I have Apple TV. You know, you have all these various services that are just dedicated to you being able to watch fucking television now. You know, let alone the fact that you're paying a fucking cable bill that you were supposed to be able to use to watch television. <laughs> and then when you also have to have fucking video game systems in which you have to pay monthly or yearly fucking accounts just to play a fucking yep. simple video game. I mean, there is just so much fucking money going out there in these subscriptions these days. God, like I always say, you know, I don't even know. Sometimes I get billed for shit and I look at it and I'm like, I, I don't even know that I fucking had that. And I'm like, oh, let me go cancel that <laughs> because I never fucking use it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's <clears throat> yeah, true. I mean, there are so many streaming services out there and so many different options. And yeah, Netflix did uh, have that big drop where the, it's like, oh, <laughs> Netflix in trouble? I don't think so. But, you know. Well, it doesn't help that they keep raising their fucking price. We're making better content. You know, it's higher quality content. Uh, okay, look, don't get me wrong. I'm enjoying the majority of shows on your service that I do watch. But I also do find whenever I'm, like, bored and I'm trying to flip and find something that I've never seen, having to flip through 
I don't know, an obscene amount of fucking Spanish-speaking fucking titles that you have on there that are horribly dubbed in English or, or whatever other foreign fucking movies that you decided to put on there because you don't have the rights to the more popular films that are out there at the moment because those all went to other services. Oh, I forgot Disney+. Plus. There you go. There's yet another fucking service that's out there. <laughs> you know, which... <laughs> you know, so, so, and Miss Marvel then came Voodoo, out today, Hulu, so there you go. Things. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, and I Hulu have Voodoo, which yeah. I, I've had Voodoo, but that's because Voodoo was original. Well, I had Fandango, I guess, and didn't realize it. And like the only movie I had on Fandango was fucking uh, when the Last Jedi came out. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get it in H in like UHD on like like I bought it, and it was like fuck. They only had the HD version available, so then I bought. And on another, like I ended up purchasing that movie like four or five separate times, ultimately landing on my Amazon Prime account to get it in UHD. Um, eventually, they got it out in UHD and the other services. But uh, but yeah, I guess that's how I had Fandango and that's how I had a Voodoo account, which is where my ex movie is present. That you know, courtesy of the king. So yeah, you're welcome, sir. <laughs> I have, yeah, I'm glad because we're going to talk about that in a little while. So. Talk more about that then. But. All right, uh, Dean, we'll see you guys. Uh, I will tell you what else I got, King. Because I know you're dying. I hope you tell us, baby. But uh, the Walking Dead universe, as we've talked about their anthology series that is coming up, Tales of the Walking Dead, uh, they've announced their <laughs> premiere date, which is going to be August 14th, and they have promised uh, individual stories uh, involving new characters and established characters uh, from the Walking Dead universe, each episode being a standalone story. Uh, Some performers that will be, uh, some new performers that will be taking place uh, in this anthology, Tales of the Walking Dead series, include uh, Terry Crews, Parker Posey, Anthony Edwards, and Olivia Munn, and uh, Walking Dead established character that will be returning, uh, actress uh, Samantha Morton will once again uh, be playing the role of Alpha at some point in the Tales of the Walking Dead universe. Uh, she's been gone long enough that this does not fall under the spoiler banner, but uh, given Alpha's demise in the main series, uh, I would guess that this is going to obviously be some kind of prequel um, uh, episode and maybe a, an origin story of some kind for Alpha, even though she did give us the story of what happened to her at some point in her episode arc. But uh, August 14th on AMC, uh, Tales of the Walking Dead will make its debut. That's very cool. It's kind of like what Next they did up, with, uh, with American Horror Story as well, in which they did an anthology. Uh, the American mm-hmm. Horror so, Story, yes, yes, yes. Story, yes. Uh, very, very similar. Cool. Uh, mm-hmm. But I know that many of you are fans of Deadpool, and I'm here to tell you uh, that the writers of Deadpool 3 uh, want to assure their audience that Deadpool is not going to be, and I quote, Disney-fied, and that it will still be rated R, uh, in case people were concerned about what potential directions Deadpool might be headed in. Very cool. Man, so so that means he's not going to be a Disney princess? Fuck. <laughs> well, he could still, could be, still a be a Disney princess. princess. Yeah, he definitely could. And now he can just do it in style, rated R. That's the way we want our Deadpool. 
Wade would want it that way. Did you wear a scar and cut the, off somebody's head? <laughs> have a scene of a live action Deadpool hanging out with the animated princesses, going, this is how you reload your pistol. <laughs> <laughs> or him just getting a makeover, you know, where they just, you know, they put him on a dress and, you know, they give him the long hair, and he's like, oh my God, I'm going to go tell Peter Parker about this. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> Deadpool at a Disney princess slumber party. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got secrets? <laughs> looking at you, Jasmine. <laughs> Why does he always look at me? They're all, they're all laying around high, fucking, you know, in their panties, <laughs> something to, like, make it out, make it out with each other and shit. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Just having pillow yeah, fights. Actually, you could have fucking Vanessa dress up as fucking Princess Jasmine. She's got a look. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else is next, Dean? Uh, the new Blade uh, movie, the MCU Blade movie, uh, starring Marshala Ali. Uh, production uh, was delayed, but is now on target to begin uh, this summer, uh, July 5th. Filming will begin in both Atlanta, Georgia, as well as New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, the expectation is that they're probably going to need to film uh, throughout the rest of this year. Uh, and maybe into even as early as early 2023. Uh, at this time, there is still, uh, they were originally hoping for a release date of October of 2022, uh, but being that production hasn't even started, uh, there's currently no release dates surrounding this project. Okay. Stay tuned for news on that one. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. What's yeah, next? We what are we talking about? Uh, what's next? What are we talking about? Uh, very popular show on FX uh, that I have not watched, but uh, apparently, well, not apparently, it's a fact that What We Do in the Shadows has been mm-hmm. renewed for seasons five and six uh, on Excellent. FX. I've heard good things about that show, but I haven't checked Love it. Love it. I'm a huge fan. Seeing every right. season. Three seasons you must, so be, far. you must be excited about this news, King. I am. It's going to be the fourth season next month. On FX? And six. July 12th. So oh, I didn't even know that the fourth season uh, had not even premiered. So uh, being that you've only yet. seen seasons one through three, uh, you now have three more seasons at least to look forward to. Yep. And it's exciting news, especially if you like that show, which I do. So can't wait for next season, next month, and then get into five and six. And hopefully that'll be the time that they bow out. Because once they get over it, like we had said earlier... That's when you start trending that we have no more story, but we're going to keep on going because they keep giving us money. Hmm. I can't blame you. <laughs> Speaking of seasons and story, I'm here to tell you uh, that Amazon Prime uh, has spent uh, a volume of money that is getting close to $1 billion on the five seasons of their Lord of the Rings uh, Ring of Power uh, TV series. Uh, the showrunners, uh, J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, uh, have said that all five seasons are completely, fully planned and mapped out down to the very last shot. Uh, they say that uh, their story is going to be taking place thousands of years before the events of The Hobbit. Uh, and again, uh, talking about Lord of the Rings, Ring of Power. Okay. 
forward to seeing it develop and uh, Lots premiering. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited for that. Lots of walking in the volcano. Nah, that's already done, man. We've seen that. Well, and on another more. note, the Ring of Power uh, will be hitting the Amazon Prime streaming service on September 2nd of this year. Mm-hmm. Okay, it is. Sounds like a good wrestling organization. Ring of Power. Ring of Power. <laughs> Ring of Power. R.O.P. Yeah, see, the fucking thing is even R.O.P. R-O-P. <laughs> yeah. And See, yeah. Ring of power. Finally, there you go. Rope. Uh, <laughs> finally. Mm-hmm. Yep. Finally. I the would rock. be remiss to say that uh, next year on March 31st, uh, 2023, when Scream 6 uh, hits the big screen, uh, the word is that Nev Campbell is not going to be returning to play the character of Sidney Prescott, uh, she says that the, she feels that the script uh, does not do uh, Sidney Prescott justice. Uh, Nor does a paycheck. The creators, the creators of Scream 6 uh, did also say that Scream 6 is going to be even gorier with a more violent, with the most violent and aggressive ghost face Yet. Didn't they say that about the last film? <laughs> yeah, but they have to say it about this film because there's going to be a new one. Anybody want to? Anybody want to take any bets? Oh, I have a, a couple things about bets, but anybody want to take any bets that uh, this uh, Campbell not returning as Sidney Prescott is some kind of smokescreen, and uh, she will return and might even end up being Ghostface. Hmm. Maybe. I don't see it. But yeah. I think she's pretty honest uh, about her opinion or, about it. Or they if weren't not banger enough. If not good based, being killed at the beginning of the film. That's exactly uh, why she okay. dropped out. I, That's my theory. I th- I think if they uh if they she play didn't drop this out. smart she never said she was on board. Um, if they play this smart, they can keep it under the radar and maybe, you know, maybe get her in without anybody fucking realizing that she, she's actually in it. I don't think that's a, a horrible theory of yours right there, Dean. Thank you for sharing it with us. You're welcome. <laughs> so we'll see what happens speaking, on Scream 6. Uh, speaking, and, uh, speaking of uh, theories mm. and, and bets, uh, you know, quite – and I've been meaning to bring this up on, on previous episodes – uh, since we had last talked about it, uh, but we know uh, that we are just getting mere months away from the December 16th, 2022 release of Avatar 2, The Way of Water. And uh, I did want to check in and see if anybody has given any thoughts or considerations in uh, betting with me on what kind of box office this film does. Because I say it's going to no. be a flop. Well, I say that too. I can't really bet with you. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I think it's gonna be—it's totally gonna flop, man. Especially compared to the original. <laughs> well, I don't—I I don't think necessarily that the bet is whether it's gonna be successful or bomb. I think we're—we're—we're we're, we're trying to bet on what the amounts of money 
uh, is it going to to fail or succeed with? You know what I mean? Like, can we get? We have to. We need to get into that group chat and really figure out what the parameters of said bet will be, and then we can go from there with it, Dean. I, I, right. I'm not against I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, throwing some, I'm, some I'm money with you. at Let's something. explore that because all I'm seeing right now, and I'm not saying that that we need to have a, have a money wager. Uh, it can be, you know, it can be another type of wager. It doesn't necessarily have to be a money bet. Uh, but what I'm seeing right now that the the budget information that's been released is that uh, this Avatar sequel has uh, a budget of 250 million dollars. So I guess we need to determine uh, what return, uh, you know, type of return uh, is is a success. What type of return is not a success, um, and so on and so forth. But I would be willing to explore this as well as thinking of. Uh, thinking about interesting uh, possible uh, wagers that can take place uh, aside from just making a money bet. I'm not trying to say, oh, for 20 bucks, I think we should come up with something fun uh, that would make for an interesting content piece for the show. I I am all for it. I was just using money as an example. Sure, so there we go. We we can table that and go into it. So is that it, Dean? You know, I I have a few more things to talk about, but I can sense some itchiness, uh, so we can we can transition to the film. Uh, so this is a Google Geek Keith film pick of the week. Extra oh, oh, Ty West just came out a couple months ago. Uh, so Google, why don't you give us a little plot synopsis, what you thought, and let's kick off the discussion. Oh, uh, listen, man, a bunch of uh, uh, of sexy people in the seventies, you know, wanna wanna get together and film themselves a nice little. Fuck video, okay? And yes, they actually want to make a video because that is where the future is at, baby. They know it. 1979. Fucky, fucky people. And they are going to make fucky, fucky. You got to take my fucky, fucky line, man. What's wrong with you? Anyway, so they're going to make fucky, fucky. You know, the the reason why I picked this movie uh, is because, well, I, I had other thoughts last week, but as that got squashed, I, I had to come up with something on the fly. Uh, the king, very graciously, uh, he, he had he had purchased this this film and had a digital copy uh, code available, so he shared it with me. So so that is how I now have access to it. And uh, my my quick thoughts on this film are: this is basically Boogie Nights meets the Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets kind of like a, a a fucked up M Night movie. Uh, Ty West has 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 not disappointed me. You know what? The, each each one of those movies are movies that I like, and he has uh, he has he has created something that I very much enjoyed and enjoyed other things while enjoying this movie. But uh, but but guys, what did you think? Yes, Dean, what did you think about X? Uh, I don't have much. Uh, you know, to my knowledge, um, background with the work of, of Ty West, even though I know he is one uh, that has been working in, in the genre for quite some time. Uh, I remember when uh, X came out, and I remember that uh, there was like a, a very big amount of buzz around it. People uh, that we follow on the Instagram page uh, were posting about it uh, nonstop, and uh, you know, I was looking for, based on some of that buzz, I was looking forward to checking it out. And I, I have to say that um, while I did find it to be flawed, I did find this to be uh, a very, uh, a very sweet love letter 
to the to the horror films of that kind of mid to late seventies era. Uh, you know, I found there to be much in the way of authenticity in 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 how this film was put together, uh, and I enjoyed the performances and 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 walk away from X, uh, you know, feeling feeling pretty entertained. All right, very cool. All right, monkey, what'd you think about X? Oh, this was a really fucking disturbing movie. Oh, man, was this a fucking disturbing movie. And when we get to it, we'll get to it. I'm sure the king was a fucking rock. <laughs> there is certain scenes. But, um, yeah, this, this movie, this is like, <laughs> this is the first film I've seen by Ty West. This is the first time I've seen um, an A24 production film. So, I, so, you know, I'm taking this all in for the first time. I was just really impressed with the film quality. I was really impressed with the soundtrack selection minus one Didn't track. Didn't you watch, uh, um, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Didn't you watch Midsommar yeah. with us? Oh, that's an A24 Was that? Film. Was it? Because mm-hmm. I was looking up, yes. Yes, oh, okay, because I was looking up stuff by A24 and I, like that wasn't listed under there for some reason. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> Thank you, Dean. I mean, I mean, cool. Um, but yeah, uh, but you know, back here, uh, soundtrack was awesome, except for fucking, you know, don't fear the reaper. Uh, of course, um, I felt the same way. Yeah, and I enjoyed all of this movie except for the old people in the movie, just because if you're gonna sit there and cast old people, just fucking cast old people. Don't have young people in prosthetics because it just looks like young people in in prosthetics. You, they don't move right. It doesn't look right. You're not fucking fooling anybody. It it was just, like that part really, really just fucking irritated me. Just cast old people. You know, just yeah. You know, it, it was like watching Howard the Duck, and it's like yeah, people are saying it's a midget in a duck suit. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. And this is just young people in prosthetics, and they. Don't fool anyone. I, I wish they had just actually gone and hired some pensioners to actually do these roles. Well, there's a That's reason it. why they had they had the young actors play those characters, especially Pearl and Maxine. There's a purpose, and we see that in the movie. We'll get to it, yeah, but there was a reason why Ty specifically wanted uh, Mia Goth to play both characters. Um, and we'll, we'll get there when we get there. But anyway, uh, listen, uh, ha- Howard was six, the guy that played Howard is sixty-four years old, so it's not yeah. like he's he's not fucking ninety-something or whatever the age that <laughs> Howard himself is. But he ain't no fucking spring chicken either. Yeah, no, he's, King, he's still. What did you, what did you, you know, think about the movie, man? Uh, well, I I was the one that saw this in the theater when it first came out because it hit all those notes seeing that first trailer. Uh, like the uh, the ghoul said. It's a little bit of pretty nice. It's a little bit of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But then there's also so many other 70s exploitation movies that I saw where he was coming from. Uh, with uh, anything from Fran, a meat hook, to uh, A Touch of Satan from 71. And even The Farmer's Daughters, which is an actual porno movie by Zebedee Colt in 1975. So Zebedee, in real life, came first before they decided to make their movie in 79. So Wayne and the gang are a little bit behind in the times. But... All the characters, uh, with the exception of Lorraine, I was all for, just because I don't like Jenny Ortega. I saw her in Scream, didn't do anything for me, and then I saw her in this one, I'm like, still, same thing. I'm just not, I'm not a fan oh. of Jenny Ortega. Hopefully one day I'll see a movie where I'm like, you know what, she was good. But in this one, she's just playing that annoying character that just brings down the fucking party. And then just goes, but I want a party too. And it's like, okay, well then fine. 
You know, we'll talk about that. Dude, she's um, cute. But, she's, she's fucking, bro, she's cute. And that's all. Dude, she's got a fucking the cutest mouth on her, bro. And, yep. Sure. Yep, uh-huh. So, but it, it is a one letter. And, and we'll see that in the Adams family. <laughs> yeah, great. Can't wait. But anyway, so this is, a, you know, yeah. a tribute to 70s exploitation movies. And this is like the, the way he shot it. I was like, did the people from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that just came out this year fucking get a clue? They should have just talked to Ty West. And because that's how you make a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. It's not even a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. This has nothing to do with Texas Chainsaw. But the shots, the compositions, uh, them in the van, uh, when uh, Maxine's swimming later on in the movie, like it was all just so reminiscent of, of great shots that you would see from Daniel Pearl and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I definitely uh, just have such a fondness for this movie. I'm glad that you guys all liked it. Uh, but my only problem is that we get into this movie and we have this cold open of police arriving at a blood spattered house. And you see that there's bodies all covered by sheets. Uh, we don't really know what's going on. All we know is there's a TV playing uh, a sermon is going on. A pastor is giving this whole sermon on uh, blood and brimstone and hell, because that was a huge thing back in the 70s about saving your soul. Uh, brought me back to Estes Perkle, who you guys wouldn't know him, but he was a pastor that made a lot of fucked up horror movies, but he turned them into religious movies, like The Burning Hell, mm-hmm. If Footmen Tire You What Will, The Believer's Heaven. They're fucking horror movies, but they were played in churches, so that would get you to go to church, because if you don't, you're going to go to hell, and it's just disturbing. Kids are getting their ears poked out. You know, just terrible stuff. Um, but as we see, as we go into the house, they go out in the basement. There's something down there. What is it? We don't know. Stay tuned. Because we will find out what that is and what the fuck <laughs> that thing is in the basement. Um, and then we cut back to 24 hours earlier where we get introduced to Maxine at the Bayou Burlesque house. <clears throat> She's doing a lot of coke, having fun doing it. She's interrupted by her boyfriend, Wayne Gilroy, Dollar Store, Matthew McConaughey, and I fucking loved it. Yes! Uh, he was also yeah. in Strangers <laughs> Pray at Night, the sequel. He played the dad in Strangers Pray at Night, and this time he's just playing so Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. So much, so much. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 channeled the, he channeled that so good. <laughs> he really did, just down to the mannerisms of the cowboy hat, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what it was? I actually, you know who I thought that was at first? I actually thought that was Pedro Pascal in, like, Whiteface. <laughs> Like, they had tried to, like, whiten him up and make him, like, a fucking cowboy. And I'm, like, sitting there thinking to myself, like, damn, man, they really fucking, they really went all out with this guy with this makeup. Because I'm looking at Mia Goff, and I'm, like, damn, man, they fucking shaved her eyebrows and gave her all kinds of weird look on her end. So, but, uh, but no, it it is not Pedro Pascal. No, it's not. But, so, it is definitely enjoying the Mandalorian. Yeah, she's going to join Wayne uh, and a couple others because they're off to make a porno movie called The Farmer's Daughters. And, of course, I just love the fact that as Wayne leaves and says, come on, we've got to go, you know, she pounds on, you know, the dresser. I'm going to be a fucking sex symbol. I was like, hell yeah, you are, Maxine, because I just loved her character. Like, she is in control of who she is. She knows what she is, and she just wants to make a name for herself as Maxine Minx. But, of course, on the road, we've got to cut to Mungo Jerry in the summertime, which one of my favorite fucking songs from the 70s. And it's just a perfect uh, example of how you use it in the 70s movie. Because it's kind of like you want to start off lighthearted, and this is the way to do it. You know, uh, you get the gang piling into the plowing service van. I just love the fact that it's plowing <laughs> And they are a, a team of fuck people. Uh, so we have Maxine and Wayne. We also have director RJ and his girlfriend Lorraine, played by uh, Jenny Ortega, as I had said. But we also have Vietnam vet Jackson Hole, played by Kid Cuddy. And Bobby Lynn, played by Brittany Snow, of, of course, of Pitch Perfect fame. And she is just this beautiful Marilyn Monroe-esque type of character. 
who just wants to make fuck films so she could buy a house with a big old pool where she could float around on her knees and just pain her titties. I was like, you know, it's just the perfect plan, <laughs> you know, for her. And she's fine with it. I mean, it's just Bobby Lynn is, is just like Maxine. She just knows what she wants, and she just knows that that's what she wants to get. So if making fuck films is what she has to do to get famous, and that's what she's going to want to do. Um, and Wayne is just positive that that's what's going to happen. Like, we got this money. We got RJ. He's got this fucking script that I want to be confident with. And I love that line that he has with Bobby Wynn outside the gas station when he's like, is it good? Is it good? And she's like, yeah, it's all right. Do you want to wear a fucking hard hat the rest of your life? I don't even think so. Like, we have to make this work. We have to make this movie work and sell so not only the perverts enjoy it, but we enjoy the spoils. Um, so we see while uh, Maxine and Wayne go inside to the gas station to buy some groceries, we have RJ setting up a shot. So he wants to get this shot of Jackson filling up the gas tank. And, of course, Bobby Lynn's like, well, you know, if you point it upwards and back up the camera, it'll look like he's using his cock. Fucking brilliant. So we cut to him using that angle, and we see Jackson filling up the gas tank and then leaning back like he's taking the most fucking confident piss he's ever taken. Leaning all the way back, mouth hanging open, you know, and this is what we're going to see throughout the movie as, as Jackson is our, our lead character. Um, okay. Then we cut to – But – Hold on, hold, hold on, but yeah, okay, because you're kind of going kind of fast here, King. You're a little excited. Remember to breathe. No, um, I'm, not. I'm looking at time. <laughs> we got a lot more to talk about. But, but, but yeah, remember to breathe. Um, but the thing about Jackson, though, is th- we're talking about 1970s. We're talking about a black man in the heart of Texas, and they're missing a lot of shit here, I think, because th- th- there's no tension going on here at all. No, no struggles about, you know, hey, why are you hanging out with him? You know, why are you guys all hanging out together? It's, this shit didn't fly back then, man. And I think they, they missed a lot of good points they could have had here. Mm. It's just a, it's well, not no, that kind no, of movie. You know what I mean? It's not that kind of movie because what which you also have to consider here. I mean, if you're looking at yeah. that and you're and you're thinking that that's problematic, what about the fact that you had a black sheriff to open the film with? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, and I know, yeah, like, yeah in I my mind, the same thing as well. That's that's what I saw. I was like, wow, look at that, you know. So, but right there, what yeah. that told me at the very beginning of the movie is like Ty West isn't making that kind of film we're not we're not looking for that and that that's not where he was angling with it he was just trying to make something with an all-inclusive cast that feels real and natural yeah like i okay i didn't think about it once i didn't think about that i didn't think about a black man struggle down in texas like we have a sheriff with black so who cares like uh, automatically that's why i didn't really think about it and that's why I, I and plus the cast is very small even the outsiders. It's not like they're going into the big city and they have all these people going, what's that black guy doing with all those white people? Like, it's, just, it's not that type of movie. You know, it's something that I, I guarantee you that Ty probably just didn't want to focus on, you know, especially with Kid Cudi being such a good actor, uh, especially in that role. Uh, but as we get on later in the movie, he's probably one of the more sympathetic characters. I think out of all of them, even though he's the one fucking everybody, you know, he's the one that you kind of want to hang out with because he's, seen some shit, and now he's just going to fucking drink and party and smoke and do whatever he wants to do. <clears throat> he's not in the army anymore. The rather. Um, so, yeah, so once they leave the gas station behind, uh, they come across a truck that's just not just hit a cow, but exploded it to where the truck is shattered, 
the middle of the cow is just basically eviscerated. And we also see them driving through the blood and the viscera on the road. Uh, and Maxine hates blood. Doesn't like blood, can't look at it. They have to drive through. They have to make it through. And we see the sheriff show up from the beginning of the movie. So he just shows up for that quick little bit to know that in 24 hours, he's going to see a lot of fucked up shit. So a cow on the side of the road dead with the trucker having to scoop up the guts and throw it into the ditch. I love the fact that the cop is just standing there watching him do it, offering him no help, just standing and watching him just do this. And it's like, well, yeah, no, I'll, I'll get it up. It's, it's my fault. Oh, yeah. These cows will do it to you every time. Um, and they eventually arrive to the homestead of uh, uh, Howard and Pearl. And it's just a beautiful location for them to shoot because you have the farmhouse where Howard and Pearl live, and then you have the boarding house, which is all the way in back that Howard says was listening, uh, was a Civil War house, like where they just didn't really do much, so they fucking hung out there. Um, and, of course, they're all excited about it, but unfortunately Wayne lied to Howard about what exactly they're doing there. You know, he didn't exactly give them all the details. What? And... <laughs> I love the fact that when you first meet Howard, by the way, he's pointing a shotgun at uh, Wayne. Like, what are you doing here? You're a stranger. Get off. Get off my property. And we see Maxine reach for a gun that's in the glove box because she's going to defend her man any way she has to. But everything's fine. You know, he reminds Wayne, uh, he reminds Howard of who he is. Howard puts down the shotgun, and he's like, uh, you know what? It's not even loaded. You know what? Actually, I just wave it around, and that's enough for people to kind of leave. And he's like, oh, that's pretty funny, man, because, uh, you know, I do the same thing with the gun I have in the glove box. Remember that, because that's going to come up again a little later on in the movie, you know, that he keeps an unloaded that's gun. That's called foreshadowing. <laughs> it's called Chekhov's gun, literally. <laughs> um, uh, huh. So they all do their introductions to Howard. He leads them to the, the boarding house, and like I said, he explains that it used to house Civil War soldiers. Now it's just there. And... Uh, it's Jackson that tells him, yeah, I was in the Marines. I did two tours of Vietnam. You know, what do you think about that, Pops? Yeah, I don't think I like any of you. Uh, there's, there's, first of all, there's way too many of you, and I don't like that. So, of course, Wayne's like, hey, man, it's all right. He whips out his billfold and, listen, if I give you some extra money and I kind of grease that palm, everything's going to be all right. He's like, yeah, I don't fucking like any of you, and just please don't disturb my wife. She's just old, and I don't want to have to deal with her, so... You know, it's one of those things where it's like what he doesn't know that they're going to be shooting a porno. He just doesn't really know and doesn't care about that. And well, he's he the first even, one to fucking. He didn't even out. know that there was going to be any more people than Wayne. You know what I mean? Or maybe yeah. Wayne and his girlfriend, but that's about it. You know? But uh, yeah. But yeah, no, this is it, it's it's a dishonest approach to start off with from from Wayne's side of things um and and that i think mm-hmm. you know obviously is going to be a a turnoff for howard and just real quick man just just to show you know total total honesty and and at times ignorance just a, as crazy as this might sound monkey texas in 1869 was the first state in the entire country to elect an african-american as its sheriff and you're talking hmm. 1869. So, so you know what? I, uh, I have all right. Well, fuck yeah. Wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't be all that crazy then in 1979. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Um, so, yeah, you know, we have the, the Grease the Palm moment. We also have a moment between RJ and Lorraine where she just doesn't want to be making a fucking porno movie. She's like, you kind of lied to me. 
about what kind of movie we were making, and I'm not comfortable with this. And he's like, when did you become such a prude? Like, I'm not. I'm just, you know, I'm saying, you know, it's just, it, it's not cool with me. And that's why, of course, she's the one that has to say something about, he doesn't know we're making a porno movie here. Well, of course not. And I love uh, Wayne's line, it's better to beg for forgiveness later than ask for permission. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it's better to beg for forgiveness than to ask for permission. I can't tell you how, you know, I don't know why. I don't know if this has been like a, a, a phrase that has become like popular as of late or something. But man, I've mm-hmm. just heard that way fucking too much in the last like, I don't know, two years or so, I want to say. Um, yeah. I find it fucking incredibly annoying. You know, and, and maybe that's because I uh, I lived quite a lifestyle in which I, I, I yeah. probably looked at, at life in that way. And, and maybe that's why it bothers <laughs> me so much. But uh, now that I don't live that way anymore, it's, uh, right. I don't know, I, I just find it a, a, an annoying and a, and a very rude way to fucking look at things. Very childish. It is, and that's part of the character. It's part of the character that Wayne is. You know, he is kind of rude, and he is kind of selfish, and he's just thinking about making this movie so he can get famous. So, yeah, he'll, he'll cut any corners that he can to make it happen, including, like we had said, that expression, which I agree, it's annoying. I've heard people say it before. I'm not, I'm not crazy about it. I get it, but I'm not crazy about it because it's like I always ask for forgiveness because I always think people are mad at me. So <laughs> I don't get the whole thing about <laughs> doing it ahead of time. Um, but so we get to – we're losing light. we got to start this fuck picture, and we get uh, – uh, Jackson and Bobby Wynn with their fuck scene. Oh, so yeah. Time to get the fuck town, you know, <laughs> you see Brittany Snow just completely naked and just, you know, going to town with Jackson uh, in this scene. And, of course, RJ is filming it, and he's like, oh, you got to do this with more passion. you got to do this. And, he, and Jackson's like, you know what, kid? It's fine. Like, let me do my thing, man. Like, you just film it. I'll fuck. And then it'll be fine. Okay. You know, let's do that. So, while that's happening, my big dick, Jack. Yeah, and and what a dick it is because we get to see it later. Man, what a fucking hog he has. Um, but Maxine heads outside while this is happening, and she sees that the filming's happening, but she has nothing to do. Just passing the time until it's time to film her scene. You know, she's got the overalls and nothing on underneath, and the cowboy boots. Great look, by the way. I just, hot outfit. She was really rocking that. Very look. hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she decides to go for a swim in the old pond. Um, get naked, jump in. And meanwhile, of course, who's excited? Wayne's excited. He's telling RJ, oh, my God, people are going to go crazy for this movie. They're going to love it. Can you tell them excited I am? Feel my cock. And he's like, oh, yeah. Eddie, 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 then we cut to the scene being over, and Bobby Wynn is wiping cum off her ass, uh, because, of course, that's where he finished, right on her ample backside. Uh, and she's using a towel uh, to eat, she throws at Lorraine and nearly hits her. And she's like, sorry, darling. Like, <laughs> and, you know, you, almost, you wanted to hit her. It's fine. I don't blame you. But also, we see Jackson standing proudly in front of the window, hand, arms on his hips, you know, just so proud that he had a great scene. He's like, you know, I was in my element. He's flexing. And, of course, Bobby Wynn's like, uh, yeah, uh, I was just acting the entire time. Uh, I'm an actress. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, you ain't fooling nobody. So we get our Harry Met Sally moment where she, oh, fuck me. My <laughs> pussy's so wet. Fuck me, fuck me. And he's like, oh, man, uh, I, I, I really thought you were in. She's like, listen, yeah, come on, baby. Welcome, welcome <laughs> to reality, fellas. 
Welcome to reality. <laughs> yeah. you know women have that shit down on lock. Uh, the mm-hmm. majority of us are yes, fucking do. doing what they need us to do. So unless you're you're actually paying attention, believe me, you're probably doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. So after after she <laughs> kind of says, you know what, I'm I'm sorry, you were great. Come on over here and then come smoke my cigarette with me. And he does, and he tells her, you know what, I think I love you. And she says the most fucking crushing thing that you could ever tell somebody. <laughs> 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 I was like, that is a flat-out fucking no, dude. I do not love you. Bless your heart. Oh, dude, I wanted to hug him and be like, dude, it's okay. It's okay. We're going to be all right. You know, she doesn't love you. You can get anybody. I'm almost, I'm almost positive that that's like a southern insult, too. And I know she's using, like, yeah. southern Which, insult. Uh, uh, it is. Bless, bless your heart. heart. A huge insult. Oh, right, Yeah, right, that's right. basically saying, go fuck yourself. <laughs> you know, I don't hey, care. Go fuck yourself. GFY. Um yeah, so Maxine, meanwhile, is floating naked in the pond and just enjoying herself. But as we see in the background, this pond's got a gator, and that gator is going to be tailing <laughs> her as she swims back to the dock. And it's getting closer and getting closer, of course. Check off but then gator. finally we see <laughs> she jumps out at the last second. She's not going to be gator lunch today. Um, so once she gets dressed and is walking back to the boarding house, that's when we see Pearl for the first time standing outside, waving at her, motioning for her to come inside and have a glass of lemonade. And I just, I love the shot of Maxine walking into the house because it just reminded me so much of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, that farmhouse that they had where she walks in. Yeah, there were several, right there. several house entries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that brought up any, any, any time they were entering the house, standing in the hallway, by the steps, in the doorway, it brought up those vibes immediately. Mm-hmm. There was also yeah. the, the use of the camera angles, those, those low... Mm-hmm. Angled yep. shots yep. that were kind of like just around like hip height, and you're kind of getting and like that like you said that reminded me of a lot of like you know exploitation esque '70s movies you know yep. so mm-hmm. so it's like you know just like like uh, uh, and we know that Ty is doing this you know purposefully so he's doing it with intention which is just kind of making it cooler you know like they were doing it because they were they were exploring things you know but like he is just purposefully showing you like this is how this this is how they were seeing it artistically just because they couldn't like you know maybe they didn't have the technology or the editing ability to do it right this is what they were really like wanting to do and this is what i can do now Uh, i loved it Mm -hmm. even the even the angles that they were using when she was swimming in the lake and they did yeah. that high mm-hmm. shot that you just see the gator coming, and it was just like, yeah, this is really cool stuff. I, I love those high drone shots. Mm-hmm. It, it worked so well. It worked in this movie. Um, so we have an intercut uh, scene of the conversation between Bobby Lynn and Jackson Hole's characters for the farmer's daughters, you know, kind of setting up their sex scene that we saw earlier. Meanwhile, Maxine is quickly trying to chug down that lemonade that Pearl serves her, and you know what? Chug down the lemonade. I got to go. It's going to be cool. And, of course, Pearl's like, well, look at all these pictures. You know, this is Howard when we were young. This is me when I was young. I was a dancer. Howard was in both World War One and World War Two. He would have done anything for me back then. But, you know, now I'm just old and, you know, it doesn't work that way anymore. And as Maxine's looking at the pictures, Mac, uh, Pearl goes in for a little bit of a love tap on the side. And what the fuck? Like, why are you touching me? I don't – all right, I got to go. This is really gross. And, of course, Howard comes home at that point, so now she has her exit. And Pearl's like, you got to go. You got to go. It'll be our little secret. Like, 
what secret? <laughs> what, what secret am I keeping? Nothing happens. You know, and it's weird as fuck. Maxine runs out the back as Howard comes into the farmhouse, and she's caught by Wayne. Wayne demanding, hey, what, you gotta get, you got to get ready. you got to get ready. Your scene's going to happen. We're losing light. So, of course, we have to get ready for Maxine's big scene in the movie where she plays the other farmer's daughter, and she's milking a cow, although we see that they poured the milk in the bucket beforehand, you know, to kind of make it look like she just milked that cow. And, of course, Jackson enters the barn, and he's telling her about his car being broken down. She's like, oh, you know, I'm just the youngest daughter, and, you know, but I know how to drive. I can give you a ride. And, yes, you fucking can because the next time we see her, she's riding the fuck out of Jackson in that barn while Pearl gusses herself up and decides she's going to watch the fuck show happen in real time. Oh, you get him. Like, you know, I was like, oh, man. Just watching her watch Maxine ride the fuck out of Jackson. Oh, yeah. Oh, you use your fingers. What? Oh, the fucking old woman's outside. <laughs> so here's where, like, you know, like, again, like, this this movie is, like, toting this, this fine line. Now, now unlike normal, where, we, you know, I would have ended up watching this movie, like, in the living room or whatever it is. But I, I, I was feeling a little achy yesterday, so, so we watched it in the bedroom. And, uh, yeah, you know what? This movie definitely got us, us bricked up. And, uh, and mm-hmm. we ended up having to, like, we ended up pausing. And actually getting getting down and dirty because you know what? Ty yeah. West made a damn decent he made a damn decent porn movie, you know. And uh, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, <laughs> uh, unfor- unfortunately, what ended up happening after we looked at the screen where I paused made me very happy that I did not look up at the television during <laughs> our, uh, our 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 session. But but please continue as uh, Maxine is fucking Jackson. <laughs> So we see I guess, I guess Grandma was on the scene. scene. Huh? <laughs> yeah, Maxine gets into it, and she looks over her shoulder, and she sees Pearl, you know, in her peripheral vision, but she keeps going. And then when that ends, Pearl runs back to the house, and she's all fucking horned up. She's like, come on, Howard, give me that cock. Give me that cock, baby. And he's like, I can't. going to give out. You, uh, you know that. Flick my, flick my raisin. Oh, I mean, to be, fair, to be fair to Pearl, Howard has two hands and a mouth. Put him to use. Don't worry about your cock, baby. Come on, man. You know, she yeah, wants some loving. He's not worried about loving. his wiener. He's worried about his heart. His heart can't yeah, you know, handle it. I don't think his heart's going to give out if he's eating her out. I think it's going to be fine. He just needs to stay calm. Depends on how, uh, you know, how, just, how aggressive he is with that oral, bro. Think he's going to be like a pit bull? He doesn't think like, I don't think he's going to be like a pit bull. I think he'd be a little bit calmer than that. I think, you know, he wouldn't be going. I don't like his music all that much, so. <laughs> so, back at the boarding house, Wayne is making the fucking thickest cuts of bologna I've ever seen for a fucking sandwich. I'm like, dude, it's a little thinner. Got to save some of that for the rest of the fucking time you're there. But he makes these sandwiches, and they all kind of gather in the main room to kind of hang out, eat, drink, this smoke. And this is where we get into the conversation with Lorraine, where she's like, well, how the fuck can you guys do this? Like, I don't get it. Like, you just watched your girlfriend, Wayne, fuck Jackson. He's like, it's business. That's all it is. Like, you know, it's, she's with me, and it's just business, and it's on camera. And as long as it stays on camera, it's fine by me. And even Bobby Lynn says the same thing. Like, it's fine. Like, we are all going to die one day, so I want to stay young and fuck for as long as I can. And that's all it is. So Lorraine's like, well, what about love? And it's like, what about love? 
you could choose who you want to love, but you can't choose who you want to fuck. You just got to fuck. Like, you know, that's the whole thing about it. <laughs> just staying young, doing what you want, and just fucking. So it's all fine as far as they're concerned. You know, I don't want to be so old that I can't fuck, so I'm going to enjoy it now. Um, and Wayne also has the fucking brilliant idea. I know this is a fictional character, but I loved his fucking explanation about the home video market in 1979 fucking blowing up. Because now, if you want to watch a fuck film, you could go home and watch it and not have anybody judging you for doing it. You don't have to go to the 42nd Street Theater anymore to watch a porno movie. Now you could rent it, take it home, and fuck yourself as many times as you want and have a good time. The perverts are going to keep them in business all through the 80s. So, I mean, it's one of those visionary things. (laughs) Absolutely visionary. Absolutely. Yep, I just thought I loved it. And, of course... We have the, the interlude that I don't think that we needed because I, I don't like the song and I don't think that it fit. But, of course, we have Britney Snow singing Landslide by Fleetwood Mac while Kid Cudi plays the guitar. Uh, Jack Spencer, Kid Cudi's his real name. But not really necessary. I get it. You know, it kind of sets this weird tone where I'm like, it's just not necessary. But it's what leads Lorraine to say, you know what, I want to be in the movie now. I think I decided I want to be in the movie. RJ's like, eh, fuck no. Uh, no, you're not going to do that. Uh, because you're my girlfriend, and I don't really want to do that uh, film, you fucking Jackson. And Wayne takes him outside, and he's like, listen, man, we got to just talk outside. Jackson's clean. He's free of disease. And you know what? Who knows? Maybe Lorraine will get famous, and she'll take you with you. But Wayne, she's not like the other girls. She's a nice girl. And Wayne just has that one second where he kind of grabs him, and he's like, let me tell you something. None of them are nice girls. Like, oh, <laughs> shit, Wayne. <laughs> you know. This, this is course, where yeah. Wayne, you know, this is where Wayne shines in this movie. You know, he he totally <laughs> yeah. makes a full fucking villainous turn. Now, during the conversation inside with Lorraine, you can feel them kind of getting. You can feel them getting an idea of where Lorraine was going with that conversation. You know, and I can kind of feel them trying to pull her towards their their mentality there. They're enticing her. They are the Mm -hmm. devils, you know, totally being like, this is our world. We're young. Let's fuck. Let's do this, you know. And Wayne Mm -hmm. right here is like, you know what? This is just another pretty face that's going to be in my movie. And you know what? Mm -hmm. If they don't like the first two girls, well, maybe they'll like this one. And you know what? That'll be all it'll take for them to sell this fucking video. So, RJ, I don't give a shit if you love this girl or you (laughs) think you do. She's getting fucked by Jackson's big black dick. And there ain't nothing you're going (laughs) to fucking do or say about it, bro. It's just I I feel like he would have beaten that kid up if that's what it would have taken for him (laughs) to be able to get that fucking thing, that thing shot. So, but yeah, you know what? Me and the cool girl at this point, we are cheering because again, this, this is like, that is our type as far as like the, the look goes, man. Mm -hmm. So yeah, a little Latina thing, dude, that little pouty mouth. (laughs) Oh yeah. We, we were ready ready to to go. So RJ has to film the scene and we see, uh, Lorraine getting ready, you know, putting on the panties, taking off the cross necklace that she's wearing, you know, getting kind of makeup done by Bobby Wynn and Maxine, you know, Jackson doing push-ups. So the scene commences. We don't get to see it. It's the one that you don't get to see. So I'm sorry, Gould. Yeah. I'm sorry you didn't get to see her get nah, ready. She, you know you what? I, I knew that she was, was going to end up doing the, the scene. I knew we weren't going to see it. 
this is Elena from Avalon. You know, this, this actress has got a lot of Disney mm-hmm. ties. So I don't yep. see her. She's only 19 years old, too. She's young. So I don't see her yeah. doing any kind of nude scene at this point in her career because it could risk other roles that she does have. Mm-hmm. So like, we, hey, like the Adams we, Family. <laughs> so, yeah, we don't, uh, we don't see it. But we see uh, later that night when everybody's asleep, RJ, after crying in the shower, decides he's just going to grab the keys, he's going to grab everything, and he's just going to go, fuck him. Like, you know, that's uh, I'm just so mad. Let them see them do this film without me. I'm leaving. And as he tries to leave, and as Don't Fear the Reaper is blasting, we see that ah. Pearl is in the middle of the driveway blocking his Pussy way. Song. And he gets out. So he, yeah, he thinks he's just <laughs> going to put this old thinking. woman to bed and just have done with it. So she grabs him a little bit and tries to kiss up on him. And he's like, what? Don't do that. Oh. Like, don't do that. And before he has a chance to react, she stabs him in the neck. So he Man, gets stabbed in the super neck. Fast. Falls to the ground, choking, asking for help. But instead of helping, Pearl decides that she's just going to fucking cut him up like Swiss cheese and just fucking stabs him over and over again until the blood is covering the uh, headlights of the van. So that's how hard she stabs him and kills him. So he's definitely not coming back anytime soon. He's gone oh, so long. Oh, I mean, she basically detached his fucking head from his body. You know, like, uh, yeah. I, I, wasn't ex- I wasn't expecting this. Like, I didn't know where this was going to go at this point, you know? Yeah. Because there was a point here where I kind of thought that RJ, in, in as sick, because everything was already kind of trending towards pervy. And, and Pearl was yep. obviously, you know, all fucking red. I didn't know if RJ was going to be like one of those, like, well, I'm mad at my girlfriend and well, I'm a virgin. So you know what? I'm, is Ty West going to go there and fucking have this dude fuck this old lady? That is what I'm absolutely wondering at this point. So the fact that mm-hmm. she pulls out a knife and just starts stabbing this guy in the neck, I'm like, whoa, fuck yes. <laughs> yeah. So she takes care of, of RJ, and then we cut back to Lorraine waking up and realizing RJ's gone, doesn't know where he went off to, so she gets Wayne, and Wayne is reluctant to help her. He's like, you know what, he probably just went off to walk someplace and clear his head. She's like, but I don't want to break up. And he's like, it'll be fine, you know, we'll just wait until morning, and we'll figure things out. She's like, no, I think we need to look for him now. And Wayne, once again, you know, being the type of guy that he is, does he put on shoes, does he put on a jacket, pair of pants? Nope. Just walked out barefoot in tidy whities to go look in the barn for RJ. Like, no, you're probably going to want to put on shoes, but it's fine. That's just the type of guy he is. So he, <clears throat> Wayne enters the barn looking, looking around like for RJ, character. telling him there's two, keys, there's two keys to a healthy relationship. Never let her out of your sight and never mention her weight. He's like, listen, I've had plenty of relationships, so I know what I'm talking about. But he doesn't really have time <laughs> to give more advice because we see him marb step onto a nail. That's connected to a board. Oh, man. <laughs> right through his foot. And I'm going to get tetanus or something. RJ, you better not be fucking with me. Like, you know, and just he's hurt, pulls it out of his foot, gushing blood. But then he sees a shadow moving back and forth outside of the barn. And he decides that suddenly I'm going to watch your Fulci movie because I'm going to go ahead yep. and look out these holes and see if I can find anybody. And what does he get? A pitchfork to the eye. Right through the fucking eyeball. So we know... He's probably not getting up, but that's okay because Pearl makes sure he's not going to get back up when she enters with the pitchfork and just starts stabbing him in the back just to make sure that he is down for the count and he's going to be getting up again. And, and then just so he wouldn't be cold, she also put some hay on him. <laughs> she did. She kind of half buried him. 
know, it's like that's the lazy job that she did of burying him. It was just a couple of bales of hay right here, like you know. But so, meanwhile, Lorraine it's like has when a dog hits Howard the shit up. and kicks a little bit of grass back on top of it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like like that's not actually covering it, but it's like a couple little fucking you know little little strands of grass get up on the poop. Yeah. <laughs> So Lorraine has encountered Howard, and she's now in his house looking for an extra flashlight. He tells her Pearl's missing, and he has to find her. She gets confused in the dark. So go down to the basement, and we're going to go find that flashlight. Uh, it's going to be fine. So she finds it, runs back upstairs. The door is locked. Hey, I'm locked in here. What the hell's going on? I'll run back down to the cellar, see what's going on here. And what she discovers is a man hanging by his hands in the basement, bloody, dead, dick gone. Uh, so that's obviously one of Pearl's victims. And it causes her to, to so, panic and scream, which wakes So to Jackson answer up. Monkey <laughs> real quick before when he said old lady on the screen, no, where we actually ended up pausing and not obviously, again, looking at the screen, was literally at a shot in which she has her back to him, and he's in the background of the shot, fucking bloody dick, strapped up on the fucking thing. So, yes, thank God I did not look up at my television during the time that we were having our session because, you know what, that's an instant wood killer for, for, for me anyway. I don't know about you guys, but it would have done, done me dirty. A little bit. I, I know we're pressed for time, King, so, so continue. Yeah. So, so we have her screaming, and Jackson wakes up hearing this, and he's like, something's wrong, but he's not quite sure yet. So he goes to get a, uh, some milk from the refrigerator, and that's when he sees Howard walking around outside with the flashlight. He's like, what the fuck's going on? Howard tells him, my wife is missing. I have to find her. She gets confused in the dark. And he's like, yeah, it's all right. I'll help you. You know, a former veteran, the former veteran. But he's just swinging his cock around while he's talking to him. Like, Jesus. It's a Marine, fucking always a Marine. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, let me just put my skivvies on, all right, old man? And so he goes to grab his clothes and go help out Howard look for him around the pond area, around the swampy area. Why are you holding that shotgun, old man? Gators. Yep, that makes sense. You know, so they're going to go in search of them, you know, as a team. And meanwhile, Pearl has entered the boarding house and climbed into bed with Maxine and caressing her and rubbing her bloodied hands all over Maxine's ah, back, breathing in her ah, hair, smelling her, man. you know, just, you know, just wanting to just do all that. So, then we cut back to Howard and, and Jackson. They're it's looking like around. The King's Jackson wet dream. A, it is. It really is. So we find a submerged uh, VW bug in the water. Jackson doesn't really know how to respond to that. He sees Howard's flashlight in the water, thinking that he had fallen into the water and drowned. He's going to help him out. So he jumps in after him, doesn't find anybody, just completely gone. So when he climbs back out of the water, there's Howard, and he has that shotgun poised, ready to shoot. Of course, Jackson's just like, oh, you know, I, I thought you drowned. I thought you were okay. And he's like, yeah, you know what your fucking problem is? You're young and you can fuck, and I can't anymore. He's like, that's the problem with you. He's like, oh, all right, man, let's just calm down. And before he can even respond, Howard puts the gun to his chest and blows Jackson away into the pond area. So now Jackson's out. But what's happening to Lorraine in the basement? She's still screaming bloody murder. She's going to get out any way she can. Lorraine, honey, sweetie. Look at the fucking doorknob. That's where you want to cut with that hatchet. Not the opposite <laughs> side where you're going to have to reach your arm across to try to pull that lock open. You know, you know why? Because what happens is Howard returns and bashes her hand in with the butt of the shotgun. So it breaks a couple bones, bashes her hand up pretty good, and 
tells her to well, stay in the either fucking side, basement. I think if she, either side of the door she chose, when she reached her arm through, he was going to hit her with whatever the fuck he had. Yeah, but I think she would have been able to open that door pretty quick and probably at least try to make an escape rather than reaching yeah. her arm all the way across and still not getting it. Well, my first thought was, you know, she's got these tiny little arms because she's like one of these tiny little package girls, you know. She's like five foot, so. So, well, who knows. But at the same time that this is happening, Maxine wakes up and realizes that Pearl's laying in bed with her, which leads her to spinning uh, her fucking head off, waking uh, up Bobby Lynn. Bobby Lynn's like, what the fuck's going on? She sees a naked Pearl running through the house. She's like, what the fuck? Like, what is this? Like, what, what, what is happening? Maxine screams that Pearl was just in the house. She was just in the bed. So what she needs to do real quick right. is get dressed and then do a bump. Just a quick bump. bump. You know, get me straight. But, but <laughs> you know, Pearl so isn't even good. running. But Pearl's, like, doing nope. this awkward, like, you know, cousin it, <laughs> quick run <laughs> through the house. So she runs out. She goes back home, you know, goes back to the farmhouse and – Bobby Wynn goes outside, wraps a blanket around her, looking for Jackson, and instead she finds Pearl standing on the dock. And just naked as can be, standing in the moonlight. And Bobby Wynn's concerned. She's caring about this old woman, wraps a blanket around her, and she's like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. You wandered off. It's fine. Like, let's take you back to the farmhouse. Everything's okay. And Pearl smacks her in the face and calls her a whore. And she's like, excuse me, bitch? Like, uh, did you just say that to me? And once again, calls her a whore before pushing her into the water where the old gator has a meal finally. That gator finally gets a chance to feed, and it tears Bobby Wynn apart in the water. Man, man, that, that, ga- ga- that gator is fucking quick. <laughs> you know, once, once, you saw, once you saw the gator early, uh, you know, there was no doubt in my mind that it was coming back into play. And later, oh, the second yeah. uh, that she... The second the dock appeared later on, I was like, all right, it's gator time. Like, there was just no doubt in my mind. That <laughs> it's gator time. You know, but, uh, so mm-hmm. Maxine, you know, here's the things going on outside, which is Howard and Pearl coming back to the boarding house to look for Maxine. She's the last one left. You know, we took care of everybody else. So Maxine hides under the bed real quick, and she's like, okay, fuck, fuck, fuck. Like, I'm stuck here. They're here. I, I just have to hide. So... Unfortunately, for worst her, hiding though, space in a horror movie ever. <laughs> well, not only is it a horrible hiding place in a horror movie, it's a horrible place because Howard and Pearl are now really fucking horny. And yeah. she, Pearl convinces Howard that it's going to be okay, your heart's going to be okay, I just need you to fuck me. And fuck they do when you get that oh. drone shot of Howard's fucking oily fucking dead ass pumping up and down in the Pearl. Oh, fuck oh. me, Howard. Fuck me, Howard. I was like, oh. I was like, but it's all right, you know. It's, it's, no, it, it, it wasn't. It was bad, you know. But meanwhile, you know, the right. king, you know, how he, how the king loves old people and shit. You know, king was like, God, I wish I was Howard right now, so I could sit there and hit that octogenarian pussy. Oh hell yeah! You know, I was, just, I was, I was excited for it, but I wanted them to stay in that scene a little while longer. Maxine, don't run! But of course, she army crawls out from under the bed while they're doing the dirty stuff and makes it to the van, but discovers that all the tires have been stabbed with a knife. And she discovers what's left of RJ in front of the van, just bloodied and just destroyed. And that's when she hears Lorraine screaming from the farmhouse to get help. Maxine grabs a gun from the glove box. Remember, it's empty. She doesn't know that. She just knows that it's a gun in the glove box. 
And she runs in, and this is, well, again, why it's just well, didn't like Well, what I'm wondering, like, too, though, is, yeah. is whether he was, if Wayne was just lying about it being empty. That was the other thing I was wondering. Yeah, see, I, that's a good point. I didn't think about it. I, my gut instinct was saying that he, it's empty, that he's just not a gun guy. He just carries one so he could be more tough. That was my mm. gut instinct when I saw the movie for the first time. Everyone now that I'm watching it, maybe. a good guy. Um, so, Lorraine screaming bloody murder, Maxine frees her, and of course, oh, thank you so much, Maxine. Thank you for saving me. No, she calls them all freaks and says, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. No, don't run out that door. And get the shot. Bam! And now, <laughs> now, Lorraine is laid out. Half her chin is missing. Her teeth are showing. And of course, Howard's like, oh, fuck, we've got to bring her inside. And as he brings her inside the farmhouse, she, and that gives him a heart attack, and he dies. That was what it is. It's a death rattle from Lorraine. Oh, my See, God. And you, were saying that, and you were saying that he couldn't fucking go down on her and not have a heart attack. I mean, this fucking girl scared the shit out of like me. Wait a minute. I was so surprised. That's true. You know, that he managed to fuck and have fun and stuff like that. But uh, So now it's down to Maxine appearing out from behind one of the walls and a confronting Pearl. Like, you know, I am going to make sure that you rot for what you did. And Pearl's like, oh, rip for what I did? You're a deviant little whore. So you and I are just the same. So you're going to have to deal with it. You're going to end up just like me when you get to be my age. And Maxine, of course, retorts with the line that she says, I will not accept a life that I don't deserve. And we hear the pastor on the TV saying the same thing. So, and we'll find out what that means too. But Maxine picks up the gun, points it at Pearl, tries to shoot her. The gun doesn't go off. Pearl reaches for the shotgun that Howard had, does fire that gun, but the recoil is so much that it blows her out the door. It's just flying out that fucking front door. Yeah. She went whipping out the, the front door, and of course, no bullets in the gun. That doesn't matter because now Pearl's pretty much down for the count. She's not getting back up. That recoil was enough to break any bones she's probably had in her arms and her legs. But Maxine's not done yet, and neither is Pearl because Pearl is still yelling at her as she's lying on the road saying, You're not special, you're not anything. Maxine jumps into Howard's truck and quickly speeds over Pearl's head, crushing it like a pumpkin after Halloween. And you just get that nice pop of the head as she screams, and then you see it fall apart as she drives away. It was such a great gory little effect, but, you know, it's a, she got what she was coming to her, you know, which is death. And, of course, Maxine does a little bump because now she's free, so she deserves that bump. And then we cut back to the beginning of the film where the police are investigating. The sheriff doesn't really have any clue what's going on, but we do see that on the TV, the pastor is still fucking going on. This channel must play nothing but this preacher because it's been on through that the entire movie. But he reveals that his daughter ran away, and who is it? It's Maxine. So his daughter uh, was Maxine. She's a runaway. All he does is want her back so she can come back into the fold of Christ. She's not going to do that. She's Maxine Minx. She's going to be a fucking sex symbol no matter what. So I'm sure you're going to see her in a porno movie very soon. Um, but the sheriff is built. looking at everything, and he just doesn't have any idea, like I had said, and they find a camera. So one of the deputies comes running up. He's like, Sheriff, I found this in there. You know, I don't know. Maybe there's something on there. And the other deputy asks him, well, what do you think is on there, Sheriff? And he just takes a quick beat, looks around, and he says, well, I don't know. But if I had to take a look at everything, I'd say one goddamn fucked up horror picture. Two Robert Palmer's Dr. Doctor, Doctor giving the blues. I got a bad case for loving you as we get 
red credits with white text, which I thought it was the perfect fucking way to put the exclamation mark on this movie. Just slamming that red X with the white and Robert Palmer, which I thought that song came out in the 80s, but no, 79. That song came out. Ah, uh, okay. Because so, that's the name yeah, song. Yeah, that, that song could, like, t- totally saved my buzz for the entire soundtrack of the movie. It was just like, yeah. Ah. I just, I don't know, for some reason, when that, especially seeing it in the theater, when that fucking red screen fucking hits and you see the white X and just Robert Palmer, I was like, I don't know. I'm fucking into it. <laughs> yes. This movie just played to every one of my favorite exploitation type films. I'm a huge fan of those movies, as you guys know, from the 70s. Um, but we're winding down real quick. I know we got to close out. Uh, Dean is not going to be a part of the show next week. It would be his pick, but of course, it will not switch over to me. So I decided, you know what? I had so much fun with X, and I want to talk about one of these movies that references uh, this and X with the, the beginning of it. So we're going to go back to 1976 and talk about Eaten Alive. That was directed by Toby Hooper. Two years after Texas Chainsaw Massacre, he makes a movie about a motel and a killer gator. So you're going to see the references that Ty West made in X, uh, in Eaten Alive. Uh, it is on Shutter Ghoul, so you can watch it uh, for free without having to, to buy it or find it. So uh, looking forward Very to talking cool. about Eaten Alive next week. See what Toby Hooper was doing two years after Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, Dean, thank you so much for joining us for X. And we'll see you back here in two weeks. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks uh, to return to Talking Terms. Excellent. Looking forward to it. All right. Mucky, thank you so much for joining us for X. And uh, so go ahead and sign yourself off. Yep. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror. Good night, everybody. Mwah. Oh, that's so sweet. Mwah. You too. Love you. <laughs> okay. Agul, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? I, for one, cannot wait for the Pearl prequel to come out. Um, I hope they show a lot of uh, old old lady fucking. Um, Yes, I know how excited it will will make you. Um, Oh, yes, that's that's what we look for. (laughs) But uh, besides from that, you know, besides that, you know, obviously, stay scared, everybody. Stay scared. Yes, and I, I completely agree. Looking forward to Pearl. Uh, and in 1919 with Howard and seeing what they're up to as their young selves, uh, it's definitely going to be a lot of fun. And also Ty West did say that if it does well enough, he has a third movie in mind for X because he wants to make it a trilogy. So maybe he bumps it up to the eighties, you know, then he explores a crew making an eighties porno movie. Who knows? I just, I'm excited for anything that Ty West does just like the, the glitz that earlier big fan. So anyway, as for me, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Angie G saying, saying thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. Hail Satan, hail yourselves, watch horror movies, and we'll see you back here next week for my seventh book of the week, Eaten Alive. Stay hungry, friends.